right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Inside, the new movie starring Willem Dafoe as an art thief who gets stuck inside of a high-rise condo filled with art and no way out and no food and no water and he has to find a way to survive. It's from first-time director Vasilis Katsupis. And uh, it was in theaters for a little while. I'm putting this out when the film hits streaming, but uh, it's definitely a film worth checking out. Definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. And I've got Ben Miller here to talk about it. We have a great conversation, lots of great puzzle pieces. So that's coming up here in a second. Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Last but not least, I do want to mention our Patreon Things were a little bit slow on there for a couple of weeks. I was busy and stuff, you know, it happens. But uh, I'm coming back with a whole lot of new content for the Patreon. I got a bunch of music stuff to post. I've got some advanced episodes of Piecing It Together, planning some bonus stuff for Piecing It Together. And we got another bonus episode of Awesome Movie Year coming soon. So lots of great stuff over there. Check it out, patreon.com slash Rosen. So with that said, let's talk about Inside. All right, Ben Miller is back with us to talk about Inside. How you doing, Ben? Doing well, sir. How are you doing? I am great. I am uh, in the middle of just... I was, like, away for a little bit. I think we talked about this when we were doing our Oscar mm-hmm. preview, like how busy I was with other things outside of pod. Now I'm back to podcasting. Now I got to catch up and record <laughs> a whole bunch of episodes. So All the way back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's let's jump in. Yes, uh, sir. I got I to gotta ask you, before we start getting into the puzzle pieces about Inside, uh, if your house was on fire, what three things would you uh, save? Uh, outside of people and animals. Um, you know, I'm not sure the uh, podcast microphone. Um, no, uh, <laughs> that's important. Uh, <laughs> it is. <yeah. laughs> no, uh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not all that materialistic when it comes to things like I really like savor. So yeah, I'm the same I, way. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, ah, it's like I could replace pretty much everything. Yeah. I was thinking just pets basically. Like, yeah, yeah. that's all, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. 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 The pet, the pets. G- Gina has two legs. She could run out. So you know, I, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 everybody, else, yeah, everybody else will be fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I got all, all my important papers are fireproof safe. So I don't think I have much to worry about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all I my agree. music's in the cloud. So you know, we're we're good. Let's yeah. yeah. Let's talk about inside. Uh, what? What? Uh, were you aware of this movie going in? Because this is one of those movies for me anyway that just kind of came out of nowhere. I felt like. I had, uh, I'd, I'd first got the awareness. I had some like media blast and I had those weird posters, like, uh, mm. the, the one with like the pigeon and you're like yeah. inside and it's Willem Dafoe. And I'm like, well, Willem Dafoe in a movie sounds interesting in and of itself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of, I got reached out by, uh, by the company, by the, the PR company to talk to their director It kind of fell through, but I mean, so I was like, okay, well maybe I'll have the chance to see it. And I saw it and I was like, that's not at all what I was really expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was definitely something I was like, okay, this is something different. And then you watch the movie and you're like, this is very something like 
very assured for a first time director, very much yeah. um, has a lot of interesting ideas of certain things. Um, yeah. I have actually a big theory about it at the end of it. I'll, I'll, I'll share with it, but uh, yeah. Okay. Um, a really a fascinating film. So, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of films this year, but it's my favorite film of the year so far. Oh, awesome. Well, it, I will say before we get into puzzle pieces, one thing that struck me about it, because you mentioned it being a first time filmmaker mm. and uh, it, it's like a very stylish film for how like small of a scope it is, just this one location yeah. film. And mm -hmm. it, in a lot of ways, and I mean, I think maybe I have one or two streaming movies on my list, but in a lot of ways it reminded me of a movie we'd see straight to streaming. Yeah. Except for, I, I don't know if it's because we saw it in a theater, at least I did. Or if it's just maybe a little bit more of, of an interesting film, this one really stuck with me in a way that a lot of streaming movies, you know, you kind of forget a week later, you know what I mean? And yeah, th yeah. This, this one I keep ruminating on and, and it's really staying with me. So I'm, uh, yeah, there's a lot goes into it. It's not something where you're just like, okay, well, that was kind of like, even I bet you even people that hated it, you're like, well, certainly, certainly memorable. It's not one that you're just immediately going to go off and be like, I forgot about inside. No, no, no. You yeah. kind of sticks with you. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk all about like what's going on here. And I'm definitely looking forward to your theory a little later. But uh, what do you have for your first puzzle piece? Uh, my first puzzle piece, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say that this could be a puzzle piece for this film just because how many people really saw it. But at Eternity's Gate, um, in another... Willem Dafoe Oscar nomination where he plays Vincent Van Gogh, a, a film where, where Dafoe is very much, um, even though there are people around him, he is very much alone and he is mm. very much in his own type of world, despite being everything around. And he's very, very secluded and, and sad and, uh, in, in a, in a fragile state. And on top of that all, uh, it's very art centric. And yeah, sure. Looks around and obviously a Van Gogh type stuff. Anything involving Van Gogh was going to be art specific and art is so important to inside um, and all that kind of stuff. I, I can't imagine, you know, if, if if the idea of this film came about and they're like, oh, well, let's do, you know, at Eternity's Gate. But like, what if it was modern and, uh, you know, pandemic centric, essentially like, oh, we're going to only have one person. Uh, you know, worse things to do than Willem Dafoe. And at Eternity's sure. Gate's kind of the benchmark for like, well, this is a good way to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that this being like a one person film and being an art based film, I mean, yeah. th that's, that's an interesting puzzle piece to kick it off with. And of course, yeah, I mean, you kind of come to this for Willem Dafoe. It's, it's like the Willem yeah. Dafoe show. It's basically him the whole time. I mm -hmm. mean, there's other people on screen, but he's the only one who's really you know, carrying the thing. And so yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's a great performance and it gives you exactly what you're kind of hoping for out of a one person show like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'll go for my first puzzle piece. I was talking about streaming. We, this actually is one that I think about it. Uh, Alexandre has uh, oxygen from 2021. Mm, nice. Which, was like this is like a whole subgenre of these like one person stuck in one place kind of yep. movies but yep. this one was interestingly high tech because this woman awakens in a cryogenic chamber in outer space has no idea how she got there and she basically can't move can't do anything the whole thing is in this chamber mm. and uh you get all this very high tech story stuff uh all kinds of uh 
you know, weird technology going on and things mm-hmm. that she needs to pay attention to in order to be able to survive the situation. And while uh, Willem Dafoe has an entire apartment to uh, kind of walk around in and, and kind of plan his escape and try to figure out ways to survive, uh, it's still very similar in all of the high-techness of that cage that he's basically in and uh just how sleek and slick everything is it, it, again it feels like very uh 21st century in the way that this is being yeah. filmed the way that it's being presented and uh that, that's a really cool interesting movie oxygen i don't think enough people watched it's a really interesting level of claustrophobia obviously oxygen where where inside yeah he's he's stuck in this one apartment in oxygen it's there's nowhere to move like it's yeah. your yeah it's very much much more claustrophobic um but a different kind of claustrophobia like claustrophobia with neon like <laughs> that makes <laughs> sure. sense yeah um yeah but yeah that's a really good I, that's a really good one i was trying to think of some other like single person films uh with those kind of ideas and yeah that's yeah. a that's a really good one that's one that i didn't think of right on well what do you have for your next piece uh this is the <sighs> Again, almost like Eternity's Gates. Like the chances of this being an actual puzzle piece are probably pretty slim. But regardless, Alien Three, the uh, the most um, <laughs> the most n- neglected of the Alien franchise, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David Fincher's first film. I think of it. I, I thought of it in the terms of okay, so it's a, essentially a prison movie, but it's a prison movie without guards. Like mm. it's. Uh, everybody is stuck in one place and kind of trying to survive and escape at the same time, but survival is more important. And inside is definitely on that same track of, okay, well, escaping is one thing, but then it turns to a point where you're like, okay, now I just need to stay alive. And Mm -hmm. what ingenuity do I need to do to stay alive? And Alien 3, obviously, you have the xenomorph running around and that kind of complicates things, obviously. But in this case, it's just the it's not the circumstance, it's, it's not something actively trying to kill you. It's yourself depleting the resources uh, sure. in order to stay alive. Um, and I kept thinking of Alien 3 just because of that exact, per- that exact point. Just like there's, there's nothing oppressing you except the coldness of your surroundings. Like mm, it's not like the yeah. Shawshank Redemption where you have to fight against the guards and the warden. It's, Nope, you're, you're, you're very, very diff. It's very, very difficult to escape and your environment is actively trying to murder you through, (laughs) through various means, either an alien or just by the sake of, you know, it's too hot or it's too cold. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that, uh, you know, three puzzle pieces in so far, we've already got two sci-fi pieces, right? The the movie's not a sci-fi at all, at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting, but I love that. It's a, it's a great one, Uh, a great one to bring into this. Um, I'm going to go with more of like, uh, I guess you would say a trope, uh, for a piece So you could bring a a bunch of different things in, but basically deal with the devil stories. Um, Mm devil daniel webster or even the song devil went down to georgia or the tenacious d movie (laughs) but uh you know obviously uh you know i brought up the the three things you'd bring when your uh house Mm. is on fire and uh that's this is how we start the movie and end the movie with willem dafoe uh, answering that question and the most important thing clearly is his sketchbook because this guy wanted to be an artist and uh 
instead he kind of took the you know the worst way out of being an art mm-hmm. thief instead and yeah. of of course it's going to go wrong and it's going to be his undoing and so just like with any of those deal with the devil type stories you know taking the easy way out always ends up being that person's undoing and never works out for the best and that's exactly what's going on here and inside yeah that's a really good point and it's like okay well you know how long are you going to be playing with fire until you get burned uh, you know mm-hmm. that you know that that that's kind of the classic conundrum of all like thief movies of yeah. okay well if you're so intelligent why are you a thief and right. <laughs> it's it's that that type of thing like oh you can be as careful as you po- oh it's easier it's like well but you're if you're intelligent you got to know you're going to be caught eventually and um i was wait i was waiting for the inevitable this was supposed to be my last job and it never uh luckily right. luckily right. it never came but yeah, that's a really good point. I really like that point. Right on. What do you got for your next one? I'm going to go sci-fi again. Um, just because now, uh, for very obvious reasons, but um, the, the Martian, uh, whenever, mm. especially there's a scene where uh, Willem Dafoe is uh, making food and he's making pasta and yeah. he's acting like it's a, like it's a cooking show. But in sure. a, But the cool thing about it is it's in a very like, okay, if Willem Dafoe was hosting a cooking show, how is it? It's like, oh, it's incredibly deadpan. There's not much expression to it, but it's still Willem Dafoe watchability. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, so we'll have this for about a day. It's like, how's this one? Al dente. Okay. Like, <laughs> and you know, uh, and, and the Martian um, is the greatest example probably of like, okay, if you're by yourself and you have that personality, you have to entertain yourself. And that's sure. essentially what he's doing for, large swaths of this movie he's he's like oh well, i have to do something to like you know the the macarena as every time he opens the fridge the first couple yeah. times you're like it's annoying and then after a while he's singing along the macarena because otherwise he would be insane um yeah by the way what is your opinion on how long he's actually in there how long what's the time frame of this film that's a good question because, uh, I mean, it's days for sure, if not Obviously. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how long though? It's really hard to tell because he is losing it, you know, yeah. as he's stuck in there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it's gotta be weeks at this point and so he's, too. he's not, he's not okay by no. the end. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I suppose it's also up to interpretation whether he really it's got true. out or not at the yeah. end. Um, it's true. because they show that final shot and his sculpture that he builds to climb up there. It's not even close enough for no, him to no, really yeah. no. I was about to say, even if you get that bottom glass off and it's like, you're telling me you're able to get up there and you're barely working on food. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, more conundrums from there. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the sign of a great movie for on sure. Top of, so. On top of that with the Martian, it's kind of like, okay, I'm in this situation and I have to use my own ingenuity to survive without mm-hmm. anybody now at the same time it's it's like the the fun thing i really like about the martian is he doesn't really make a mistake to mm-hmm. to make to put him in danger it's just kind of the circumstances now defoe does make some mistakes along the way of the things he does but it's not like he does something stupid he just mm-hmm. is kind of put into the situation where something has gone wrong um yeah and yeah kind of interesting parallels between the two to that point, I didn't write it down, uh, but I think you could probably bring Castaway in as, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, another one right in there with the Martian with the same ideas of the guy, you know, trying to keep himself busy, mm-hmm. you know, use yep. his own ingenuity to get out. So that could kind of uh, combine in there with the Martian. But That's a good point. Yep. 
I will go for my next piece. Uh, you know, you already brought in another Willem Dafoe film, so I'm going to go with The Lighthouse. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, yes. this time this time he's all alone, but uh, there he's with Robert Pattinson, of course, yeah. and still losing his mind, stranded in this one place where there's no getting out of. And uh, again, this is the Willem Dafoe show. You're here Absolutely. to watch this guy entertain himself, go crazy, try mm-hmm. to survive, all the things, and he does it so well. I mean, he is just such a watchable person, and as he is uh, just doing all this stuff, trying to survive, that's the main thing. It's a survival film, first and foremost, and uh, it is just... It's weird because it seems like such a beautiful apartment and so, like, cozy and everything, yeah. but in this situation of being stuck in there with absolutely no way out, it's like the opposite and it's just the most horrid conditions. And yeah, so it, it's hard not to think of the lighthouse. Well, it's kind of like, I always, I always kind of go to the idea of that, uh, the guy's bathtub. It's like, Oh mm-hmm. man, that thing's huge. That'd be so much fun to be like nice warm bath and you're sitting in there and then he ends up having to use it as a toilet. And it's yeah. like, well, it's like really the, you know, what side are you looking at it in? And, um, yeah, and the lighthouse is a, like, Willem Dafoe is undeniably more interesting when he's unhinged. Like, um, I mean, don't be wrong. He can like, you think of the Florida project and he's a very normal, sweet man and he's, he's very, still very watchable, but at the same time, there's like, he's such an odd looking and appearing man that, Mm -hmm. Get, spinning him up and having him be a little wacky is that much more fun. Yeah, definitely. He, he's just, he's great. He is great. Um, yes. <laughs> what do you have for your next piece? Um, I have, uh, I have a, another one of those, uh, you know, single person show movies. Um, mm-hmm. It's All is Lost uh, from J.C. San- uh, Sandor with uh, Robert Redford. Um, okay. The big difference being that like, you know, Redford in All Is Lost probably says, what, 50 lines the whole movie. He doesn't talk much at all because he's on a boat by himself. And really, the, the you know, Defoe does not have, I talked about The Martian, like, he does not have the um, gift of gab that Matt Damon had in this movie. He's, he's much quieter and much more calculating and mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, just going in and being like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to document everything and have it on video. And he's, he's much more like, no, this is a, I'm going to kind of gruff through things and look up and like, it's, it's so interesting how the movie has him talk enough to make it informative for the viewer, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have him talk too much. He still is like, well, he's by himself. Why would he be talking? And then after sure. a while you're like, well, he's nuts or he's losing his mind. So he needs to yeah. start talking and all is lost is all is lost goes too much towards the, uh, towards the why is he not talking side Mm. but um but regardless it's the same level of like connection of like this is in this situation it's this guy propelled in this situation there's a there's a ton of these movies and half of like how many just one person show movies can you add but yeah sure absolutely you know i actually never saw all is lost but you know to to that point about the amount of talking i was trying to think of a piece which I, I never was able to come up with it, but something where somebody's watching people on a TV screen and kind of creating their own little relationship with them, even though they're not interacting with them whatsoever. And yeah. the, way, the way that he's like, uh, you know, talking to the maid through the TV screen yeah. and, uh, 
I, I couldn't think of it though. Um, but definitely to that point though, about the amount of talking that he does, like mm. it's, it's all to himself. It's all clear that he's kind of losing it, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure which piece to use there, but for, for another piece though, I will go with the shining Stanley Kubrick's the shining, yes, uh, yes. You know, obviously this guy kind of losing his mind in isolation. Uh, you've got the visions start to happen. Uh, the the little girl and the dog outside the window definitely could be a good uh, comparison to the two little girls in The Shining. Um, you know, even the uh, the dream sequence where he meets the uh, the famous artist who whose apartment it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of reminiscent of the party scene in The Shining. Yeah, like, yeah Grady and yeah. 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 That's, that's so a good I, point. I think there's a lot there. I think that that was probably a, a pretty clear inspiration here. Yeah, there's a lot more horror uh, influences in this movie than you would expect. Like mm-hmm. you would expect, you would expect the certain things like, oh, it's like something kind of scary. It's like this is, it's, it's much, it's hard to describe it as a thriller but it mm-hmm. kind of is like, yeah, it's like, well, it's just one person in one room and that's essentially the gist of it. And, uh, but, but the, the, yeah, the, uh, like the cold concrete corners and the, the like the architecture of, of the shining and just that, you know, the hotel being as its own kind of character, same thing yeah. as this apartment being its own kind of character. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, uh, and when he finds that hidden room, that's also yeah. kind of a, uh, yeah. you know, that, that kind of fits into with, with, uh, the secrets that that hotel kind yeah. of holds. So, yeah. uh, yeah. What do you have for your next piece? Okay. Um, this, <laughs> I, I, I keep, you know, this was a tough one to kind of find pieces for. I know we talked about that in our Banshees episode where we're just like, man, it's like, I'm sure there's some movie that we haven't seen that is probably an influence of this. I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. How about a 2019's Velvet Buzzsaw? Um, All right. I was it, hoping you would bring this one up because okay, really, it, it, yeah, because it came to mind for me, but I've actually never seen it. Like, okay, I, so, I, I always wanted to, and and it seems like theme wise, it's probably in the same ballpark at least. It, it, now, now, Velvet Buzzsaw. I don't think it's a great. Like, it tries a lot of stuff that it really misses at. But I mean, it's mm. it's it's trying essentially being like, what if horror and art were linked, and mm. uh, you know the the artistic aspect of everything that happens in this movie, um, especially like when he finds that other room with the one painting he was looking for in the dummy dead body, you're just like, okay, well this is like his, there's trying to say something about art and yeah. the entire, the, the final thing that he says, essentially his last lines in the movie, he talks about the three things he would take art, uh, art, art survives. He's like, I'm sorry. I destroyed your apartment but maybe it needed to be destroyed like mm-hmm. about how art is only as successful as its destruction or mm-hmm. and the is the artist destroyed kind of goes back to eternity's gate like how much is the artist um how much is art the an extension of the artist and is yeah. this like my artistic expression of having to destroy your apartment and velvet buzzsaw with those kind of you know the the wild the wild swings that that movie has. Um, obviously, that's a big ensemble, but how the violence inherent with art. Yeah. Uh, the two go in hand in hand. Yeah, I think it's such a, like, a rich world to kind of skewer and, and, and discuss that like, high-end art world and like 
you know, wh where does, where does it end the art? Like, is it just yeah. those paintings on the wall or is it everything that's happening to him and his whole journey? And is it the uh -huh. movie we're watching about this? Like it, it's, it's a, a really interesting thing and, and it makes for, makes for a great fertile ground to like have mm -hmm. a story with like a lot of angles that you kind of approach it from. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I, I went on a little bit of a journey for my next piece. Okay. Um, so I started off thinking about the Banshees of Inishirin because, uh, you know, this guy who's like so obsessed with his art that he's throwing away his, uh, connection to friends mm. and being a nice yeah. person and, yeah. and all that. So, uh, you know, that to, to Willem Dafoe's character being, you know, going from artist to art thief and kind of like mm -hmm. losing himself in that process that brought me to one of the puzzle pieces we talked about on that episode inside Lewin Davis from the Coen Ooh. brothers. Ooh. about a guy who is just completely you know his whole life is his art and it's not going anywhere for him and it you know kind of goes down the tubes from there but that brought me to my actual piece here which is another coen brothers movie barton fink Ooh. Uh, which that is where i'm going with this screenwriter whose writer's block takes him into this awful hellish scenario and again it, it all three of these really just about you know the these people who are so obsessed with their art that it kind of destroys them and we talked about it earlier with the deal with the devil thing um you know the, this guy clearly cared so much about art but cared to a point where it it, it kind of ruined him and he ended up in this uh this art thief world and that led to this really bad job and that led to him going crazy and probably dying as we said, yeah. <laughs> uh, although we don't know for sure. But uh, yeah, the, it's a whole lot of characters who just that obsession destroys them basically. Absolutely. Yes. That's a really good point of everything. It's, it's interesting how, you know, the Coens kind of have that idea in their head about like, you know, art, art is, art is important, but at the same time it can destroy you. If it mm -hmm. can lead you down a path, if you are, if you not even necessarily don't have the best intentions, it's like, well, you just need to be realistic about it. And if, if you are not realistic about it, it could really just boggle the mind in a way that you're never going to like, like, yeah. Uh, Barton Fink is a really interesting side of that where he's like, okay, well, you're going to be, you know, I'm uh, not only. Not only is he in this kind of like actual purgatory, he's in like work purgatory as well. Like sure. And 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 Willem Dafoe in this movie is not necessarily it's like, well, you're not you're not dead. You're alive, but you're not in jail. But are you in jail? Like <laughs> sure. it's like I was wondering a lot of times during the movie, it's like, how happy would he be for the cops to break down the door? It's like it just <laughs> it just it's like I'm out of this apartment. It's fine by me. Yeah, yeah. Right, sure. It's funny too with the Coen brothers, like, you know, us film nerds, like, you know, we probably read into every single little hidden thing in all of their movies, yep. but in any interview you see with the Coen brothers, it's like, well, why did this happen to this? And they're like, I don't know. Cause it was funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they, yeah. they it, it, whether it's true or not, they act like they didn't think at all about these like hidden things and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, we, we always kind of, um, there's what's the famous line about a, a, a guy was, a, the, an art student was asked to draw a man under a streetlight and he did it and he did it without hands. And then the, the teacher is like, well, without hands means his, and he goes into this big philosophical reasoning and he goes, no, no, I just can't draw hands. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something that simple. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. Well, uh, what do you have for your next piece? 
Okay, so this is my last one because uh, this is it's cheating. But it's COVID nineteen. Oh. It's the pandemic. This oh sure with without without the pandemic, this movie I cannot imagine this movie happening because mm-hmm. I've always been really fascinated with how directors have had to be uh, adaptive to COVID nineteen. Like yeah yeah you have um there there's the there are those levels of like. Oh, this movie is about where everybody's on Zoom or mm. we're stuck in an apartment together. And I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. Like, um, I've really been interested on how directors use COVID and the pandemic to frame a story like Kimmy last year with Steven Soderbergh. Mm. That was the perfect framing of having that around and the anxieties inherent in that, but also having an interesting story. At the same time, you have a movie like Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, uh, yeah. where where it's it's two people in a room, but it doesn't feel like a COVID movie. It just happens to right. be two people in the room. Same thing with like Windfall from Netflix from last year with Jason Siegel. Like love that movie. Yeah, exactly. You put it like it's not necessarily a situation where it feels like a COVID movie and like the director clicks the camera, says action, and runs away. So they get the social distancing. It's like this mm-hmm. one is obviously pandemic filmed, but at no point was I like, oh, this feels like a pandemic movie because it's it's not like there's a distance with people whenever they had the pandemic filming of like oh i gotta stay away and my distance and all this kind of stuff and in this case you're just like man this is yeah it's only willem defoe but man they are really getting in his face they're really in uh the intimacy of it all is it is something that differentiates it from other pandemic movies uh, I yeah. never, and, and the whole time I was thinking, it's like, man, it doesn't feel like one. And anytime anybody can film a movie during the pandemic and it doesn't feel like a pandemic movie, it's a win. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, uh, it, it, like you said, it, you can, you can tell so easily a lot of the times, but this is one of those few ones where it's like, you know, maybe they just wanted to make a one person movie. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of hard to tell. So yeah. And, and the star and the stars and, and the germs align to make it all happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I will go with my last piece, which also a little uh, out of the box one. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple of video games for my last piece. Combine them here. I'm going to go with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Portal. Uh, Both are games where uh, you just need to figure out a way to solve the puzzle. And there's no set way. It's just whatever you figure out. If it works, it works. And we only briefly discussed it, but uh, in order to try to escape from this room that Willem Dafoe is stuck in, he just starts tearing this apartment apart to build a structure that he can climb up to the uh, the the ceiling, uh, the skylight on the ceiling and break himself out that way. And this is, I, I, I don't know if you're much of a gamer, but like if you go on YouTube and search for Zelda Breath of the Wild videos, there are people that come up with things there's no way even the designers of the game even <laughs> thought of trying to do like sure. throwing a rock on top of a raft on top of a this and then shooting it out into the sky. And like <laughs> they do all kinds of crazy shit and they're actually sure. like really fun to watch. And sure. yeah, there's like no rules. It's like, just try whatever you can try. And uh, it feels like that's what Willem Dafoe's character is doing here to try to break out. And it's crazy and it's really weird. And it's something you never really have seen in a movie so I thought of these games as examples of where that happens. It's interesting. You know, the the big thing, especially with Inside, is 
okay, so what steps are you willing to take whenever you don't have to worry about anything else? Like, yeah, like you don't have anybody else looking at you. You don't have anybody to answer for. You don't have any human decency to even have to adhere to. It's like, okay, you just have to do like when you're going to abandon all the things that usually dominate your life, how are you going to make this equation work out for you? And essentially, mm. that's what he does. He's like, okay, I don't care about any of the rest of this stuff. Like, I don't care about what I look like, what I'm wearing, what the part, what state I'm leaving this apartment in. I just, it's just the end goal is the end goal. And that's all that matters. And I'll burn yeah. down the world in between, but that's what <laughs> matters. And that's a really interesting way to put it. Right on. Well, I will read down the list of all the puzzle pieces we just talked about, and we'll get into some closing thoughts. But we talked about At Eternity's Gate, Oxygen, Alien 3, uh, the deal with the devil stories, and then The Martian, we threw in uh, Castaway as well in there, uh, The Lighthouse, All is Lost, The Shining, Velvet Buzzsaw, Barton Fink, The COVID-19 Pandemic, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, or Portal. Uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of sci-fi, strangely, oh, yeah, in this yeah. conversation. Yeah. And that, it's it's interesting that, that it kind of went that way. Um, I... I I don't know. I like, I'm trying to think of like what else. Cause it's such a, a weird, unique movie. Like we talked about it being like the one person, one location movie, but it's also just not really something I've seen before quite like this. Another no. one on my list was 127 hours. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people have mentioned lock with Tom lock Hardy. or buried. Yeah. Yep. yeah. There's a lot of those, but none of them are quite like this where He's got all this room. He's got all of these options to him. Um, yes. But he's still stuck and there's no getting out. Um, so I, I wanted to share my theory with you for real quick. So, yes. um, so obviously he breaks in. He's looking for this one specific pain and can't find it. He eventually finds it, you know, days or weeks later uh, in the apartment. Um, and meanwhile, everything's kind of going crazy. My theory is that the owner of this apartment did this on purpose. Mm. And he knew he arranged this art theft and arranged for him to be in and arrange and it's like, I'm going to turn off the water, except for those little sprinklers every once in a while. There's going to be very sparse food. There's going to be uh, all the doors are locked. The thermostat's going to go wacky. Um, and all, all, like essentially, it's essentially a week long art exhibit for yeah. his own. Like what what will be created with this destruction? And my theory is it's like, okay, I might end up killing this guy, but that's art for art's sake. And so my theory is that it's like it was all on purpose and he was an unwitting pawn in this guy's twisted art idea. I love it. I love it. And that that could so well be. I mean, obviously, you know, this movie hides a lot of like secrets and there's kind of no telling for sure whether or not something like that is true. But I could totally see that being uh, accurate. I, I'll tell you, you know, since you're bringing up theories here, I, I'll bring up something that kind of came to my mind while I was watching this movie, but he tries so many things to get out. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what if just putting those paintings back on their hooks would have released the doors? That's like it won't int- open without the paintings all being in their spots. It's essentially you have to, you have to uh, abandon the entire yeah. goal of what you're there for. You get to yeah. escape. But can't make yeah. it out with with anything. That's really interesting sure. too. Um, yeah, yeah. There's and 
like you said, there's such a there's such a disconnect on what is actually happening and what actually happened. Like mm-hmm. that that one art showing in that house when Defoe was there, like the flashback, yeah. and that woman who might be the maid and might right. not be the maid is there. Like, did that actually happen, or is he just imagining it? Um, yeah, I mean, a a. It's, that's what makes an, a film like this so interesting. It's not something sure. that goes out of your head and you can kind of theorize about all the different things that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's the mark of a good one. So yep. uh, definitely. Well, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, uh, let's see. I've been trying to catch up on the films of... Uh, uh, I'm about to do a series on the films of 1973, uh, 50 years ago, uh, the various Oscar films. So I've been... Uh, trying to watch as many of those as I can. Um, I just watched Paper Moon for the first time. Uh, what a delight, okay. just uh, top to bottom. Really big fan of Paper Moon. Uh, at the same time, I also watched uh, Happy Go Lucky for the first time a couple of days ago uh, from Mike right Lee. On. That's the movie that Sally Hawkins should be remembered for. Also, uh, despite it taking place in 2008, Mike Lee was somehow able to predict QAnon incel behavior. Uh, it, it was the, it, in, in Eddie Marsden's character. I don't know how he does it, but I was like, wow, this is really prescient. So, uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, highly recommend those two. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Great picks there for sure. I haven't seen happy go lucky since it came out. That was really good. Uh, Andrea yeah. Riceboro was in it for two seconds. You're just like, oh, yeah. why is she in this movie? And it, obviously this is before she was famous, but yeah, a really fascinating movie. Right on. Well, Ben, uh, thank you again for doing the show. Tell people where they can find you and your podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Neb has been on Letterboxd, Neb810 on Instagram, and Ben Miller Movies. Uh, I have my website, icecreamforfreaks.com. You can follow my other writings with the Film Experience Cinema Scholars. My podcast with my brother, the film critic and the common man, uh, dropping new episodes weekly on various films. Um, he just got mad at me because I said I hated the film Fury from David Ayer. He loves mm. it. So uh, it's like we're going to have some lively debating about that soon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, find that pod on Twitter at Critic Comment Pod, uh, available on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I remember last time you were on, you mentioned you had just done an episode on The Town, and I just rewatched it like yeah. two days ago. So I'm going to listen to that this week. Oh, thank I'm looking you. Forward Perfect. to it. Uh, well, I appreciate anybody listening to our podcast. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, Ben, again, thank you. And hopefully we'll get you back again sometime soon. My pleasure, David. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. Got Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesome moviear.com so please like us subscribe and uh if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation about inside thanks to ben miller for stopping by to talk about it i love that movie people should check it out if you haven't yet and you should also make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever it is that you're listening right now wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts Make sure you're subscribed. Drop a five-star rating while you're at it, too. We really appreciate that. 
You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And I told you about the Patreon at the top of the show, but I'll tell you about it again. There's lots of great content over there, and I have a bunch of music-related stuff I'll be posting soon, uh, as well as a new awesome movie or bonus episode and some advanced episodes of Piecing It Together. So make sure to check it out, patreon.com slash Rosen. So with that said, let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And you know what? This being a film about art, you can't make art without inspiration. So I'm going to play a song called Inspiration from my latest album, More Content. This album just came out on New Year's Eve, and I have a couple more music videos on the way, actually. Uh, that At the time I'm recording this episode, uh, I need to get these things finished so I can get back to work getting those last couple of music videos done. But... Uh, yeah, I'm still working on uh, promoting this album, so I hope you check it out. More content is available wherever you could stream music. And of course, there's a limited edition CD on my Bandcamp. And I'm working on new music already, but make sure to check out more content if you haven't yet. This is inspiration from that album. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.